I saw someone saying, don't live your best life, live your favorite life. And so I think that this exercise, you know, selecting the five things that are saving my life is also more elevated than just survival. It's really about pointing out the hallmarks and characteristics of my favorite life. Welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin Vandeven. I'm a millennial and mother trying to build the place in the world that's made for me while fighting burnout, living intentionally, and embracing gratitude, even when I'm grumpy. Here on Medium Lady Talks, we visit the topics and practical tips that will help you maximize self-discovery and minimize self-judgment so you can finally get momentum building the life you know is possible in this post-pandemic world. On this podcast, you can expect we'll get deep while having fun, and whether you're burnt out like a dog in a dumpster fire or celebrating your best life daily, you'll find the conversations, prompts, and tools I know will be helpful on your own personal healing journey. So stay tuned for my deep dive solo shows and interview episodes with dear friends and expert guests. Together, we'll make sure you have what you need to build the place in the world that's made for you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's jump in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. This is episode 85. We're going to talk about the five things that are saving my life this fall. This is the 2023 edition. So uh, longtime listeners of Medium Lady will know that every episode on the fives, I like to do a rundown of five things that are things you can try, five things that are sort of seasonally relevant. And these episodes serve as a really lovely time capsule for what's going on in my life and I hope encourage you to think about the things in your own life that are, you know, keeping you sane, keeping both feet on the ground, helping you navigate overwhelm, helping you manage burnout, helping you live more intentionally, helping you get to know yourself. Those are all the things that should qualify when it comes to defining the five things that are saving your life. We might call this like a favorites list, but for me, I try hard to make sure that this is not a favorites list that is about consumerism or about sharing links with you or making sure that you're buying what I'm buying and those things are all, you know, measuring up and adding up together. No, that's not what this is about. What this is about is really kind of like reflectively thinking about what is working in my life and what is helping me build momentum to the place in the world that is made for me. What is helping me build momentum to, I don't want to say live my best life, but live my real life. So I've got five things that I'm going to share with you here today. And as we kind of go through, um, I always encourage you to just pick up a pencil or paper or your favorite notes app and kind of scribble along. And maybe as we do this episode, you'll come up with your own unique list. And that list will serve you well because, you know, like we move really quickly through this world. We move really quickly through the present and we're constantly thinking about the future that sometimes the past can sort of slip through our fingers and the opportunities that we can create with intention, the opportunities to look at the past with a positive point of view can really help to build a sense of satisfaction in our present lives. When we think about the future, when I think about the future, I'm often thinking about how to optimize it or how to get it as close to the ideal as possible. I try to imagine the future as being almost perfect, which is hard because usually the future never arrives. And the present moment is the real moment. And the past, I can guarantee with certainty, has has happened. So 
The past is where there are things to learn from (laughs) in terms of building the ideal or building, you know, I saw someone saying, don't live your best life, live your favorite life. And so I think that this exercise, you know, selecting the five things that are saving my life is also more elevated than just survival. It's really about pointing out the hallmarks and characteristics of my favorite life. So here are the things that are helping me live my favorite life in the fall. The first thing is my kitchen pantry slash cupboard purge and reorganization. Last Sunday, one of my best friends, Sarah, came over. She came over with her three boys and I have three boys and we sent the three boys away to just do what they will. You know, when you when you have three kids and you double that into six kids, it becomes more manageable than just having three three kids. I know there's all kinds of jokes right now about like mom math and girl math, but that is mom math. If you double up the amount of kids, that's an easier time than if you were to have your three of your own kids um, for the afternoon. So my friend Sarah came over with her three kids and she was committed, committed, like with a capital C committed to helping me reorganize my pantry. And Sarah is very talented and excited about this kind of work. And I will tell you, it is just not my thing. It is not my thing to be excited about organization. It is not my thing to be excited about the idea of like doing a purge. I'm happy with the end result. And I can actually do a lot to imagine what that ideal future state should look like. But getting a fire lit under me to take care of this pantry project, I absolutely needed Sarah's help. So if there's any lesson to be had from today's episode, I want you to think about your friends. I want you to think about what they love to do. And I want you to invite them to help you with the things that they love to do. If you have a friend who's super stylish and loves shopping, invite her or him to help you with your wardrobe. If you have a friend who loves home decor and organizing furniture, Invite him or her to come over them to come over and help you reorganize the space in your home that's bothering you. If you have a friend like Sarah who loves organization, who loves purging, bring them over to your house and let them have fun with you and do not feel bad about it. There were so many times during this visit with Sarah where she was like elbows deep into my pantry and I was like, I'm so embarrassed about whatever you're going to find in there because I'm actually not, I'm actually not sure what's in this pantry. And she was so into it. She's like, no, this is what I live for. And listen, I, I bought her some lunch. We got Uber Eats. We got some sushi for lunch. That was my treat to her for helping me. But honestly, I don't even think I had to give her a treat. So the first thing that saved my life was just like spending four hours with a dear friend on a problem that I couldn't have solved by myself. That was the first thing that is saving my fall. It is absolutely my favorite life is my favorite life is when my friends are in my life and my friends are just, we're just spending time doing mundane things. That is my favorite life. So I was living my favorite life when Sarah came over and was helping me with this pantry project. And she did it with so much joy that she, it was infectious. It just like, it spilled over into me. So Sarah came, we purged the pantry, and then we purged a couple of other areas of the kitchen. And it's saving my life because it's meant that the kitchen is easier to clean. The kitchen is easier to navigate. I know everything that exists in the kitchen right now. That's not going to be something that stays that way forever. You know, there's this concept of regenerative tasks that I learned from the book Real Self-Care by Pooja Lakshman, which I've reviewed in episode 83. 
in that episode, I talk a lot about the personas that are mentioned or the sort of three different ways that we reach for self-care that are mentioned by Dr. Lakshman, and I've transformed those into some personas. But I would say is the other really interesting part of that book is the idea of regenerative tasks. And this is something I'd love to actually maybe do a whole broader episode on. But something like organizing your kitchen is a regenerative task, at least at this phase of life that I'm in. I have three young kids. I work full time. My husband cooks in the kitchen. I cook in the kitchen. It's used by multiple users for many hours of every day. And so regenerating its cleanliness is something that's constantly happening. Keeping it clean is always going to be something we have to continue doing. That task is never going to be over. So because that task is never going to be over, it's really lovely to just take a time out to reset the status of the whole thing and then just kind of proceed with our regular habits and routines. And honestly, it is just like my favorite thing right now in my home is the kitchen because I can go in there, I can find what I need, I understand what we have, I can cook with more efficiency, I can cook with more joy, I can be more laid back, and that's for a number of reasons. I'm not worried about something falling on my head. I'm not worried about finding something rotten or stale. I am not worried about food wastage because, let me tell you, we we already threw it all out when Sarah went through it. And these things are just like, I want to say they're lightening my mental load, but I don't actually think that's it. I think it's a sense of understanding my home and having been able to do that over four hours of concentrated time was just a real gift. And so that is the first thing on my list is the thing that is helping me live my favorite life this fall is my kitchen pantry my cupboard purge, reorganizing, and the fact that I got to do all of that by spending time with Sarah was crucial. The other thing that was crucial about it is Sarah would not quit. She would not quit. And there was a point where I was like, why don't we just stop for the day? Let's just like grab a cold drink and sit down and chat. And like, I completely ran out of steam. And she was like, no, I don't think that would be a good idea. (laughs) And she was totally right because it would have, it looked really bad. And you know, those are what, those are, Doing those projects with a friend is also really important because it gets worse before it gets better. And you need someone to be able to see the end goal. You need someone to be able to see the finish line. Otherwise, you just, um, you get a little bit scared and you quit. That's, or maybe not, maybe you don't, but I definitely do. Okay, let's talk about the second thing. The second thing that's helping me live my best fall life or helping me live my favorite fall life is my copy-paste breakfast. And that's actually funny because I did re-listen to I think it's episode 45, which is all about the things that were saving my fall last year for 2022. And the thing I mentioned last year was my breakfast. And this year, I am also going to mention my breakfast, although it's a completely different breakfast. There's something about this copy-paste-repeat breakfast that is just allowing me to be a little bit more out out of my head, I think, in the morning. So I get up in the morning and I start the kettle and I always like to make two teas, one in my travel mug and one in a regular mug. And then I use the rest of the hot water to make some instant oatmeal. And I zhuzh that up a little bit with some chopped apple and some chopped walnuts. And then I get this nice hot breakfast with my hot tea. And it just feels very seasonally cozy first thing in the morning. I keep the lights low. And it also helps me navigate Beckett and whatever Beckett's going through. So I think I had mentioned off and on that 
Certainly, if you've been following me on Instagram, I do daily gratitude in my car. I post it to my stories and you can catch up every day. You'll hear a little bit of gratitude in my life. But I had been chatting on stories fairly often about how much Beckett, my youngest son, was struggling with the transition to go back to school. And I think I mentioned this a little bit as well in last week's episode 84. So Beckett is four. He went from full-time daycare to full-time school. It is a building he's familiar with because his older brothers go there. It is a before and after care program that he's familiar with because he's been seeing, as I said before, his older brothers go there. And I think that I really overestimated how comfortable he would be with this transition. But instead, he's actually really struggled. And he's struggled and it's manifested in a lot of pessimism and negativity coming from his little four-year-old mind. And it has taken a lot out of me, especially in the mornings, because we basically hit the ground complaining about school. From the minute his eyes open, he's asking, is it a school day? Is it a home day? Can I stay home? I hate school. I just want to stay home with you, you know, and it's this sort of uphill battle to help him be positive, to role model positivity when it feels like he's sort of like <laughs> beating me down. No, when it feels like he's sort of, um, it's kind of contagious, that negativity, you know, it's hard to kind of rise above it. And if I'm hungry on top of all of that, then that can be even more challenging. So having this copy paste breakfast in the morning is really, really important. It is really helping me live my favorite life because it smells good and it feels good. And I like this sort of idea of pouring hot water over the oats and smelling the smells from the seasonings and then chopping the apple. And I always give the dog a little bit of the apple. So he comes and he's, you know, his sweet little face is looking at me waiting for a bit of apple. And then I kind of crunch the walnuts in my hands and sprinkle them over and I stir it all in with a bit of cold milk. And it just feels like fall. It smells like fall. It tastes like fall. It looks like fall. It sounds like fall. All of those things. I mean, I could make this like ASMR video of all of the aesthetic moments of making this instant oatmeal. I think you get what I'm saying. It's a little vignette right to start my day. And it does help me kind of stay in a good frame of mind. Not only is this, is it like a pleasant aesthetic experience, but it also is a decision that's made in advance. And it really helps me to just start my morning without thinking too much. And it also helps me to go into autopilot a little bit while also being mindful. I don't know, is that possible? It's like, I don't have to think about it. It's decided for me what I'm going to have for breakfast. And so I can be more present because I'm not thinking about the decision. I'm going to have to maybe talk my way through that a little bit more. By knowing what the decision is in advance enables me to automatically produce that decision. And the automaticity of the decision is what allows me to stay in the present moment. As I'm saying that, it seems a little paradoxical, but that's kind of a fun idea to maybe think about. What are the things in your life the decisions that you can make in advance so that you can live more in the present moment. That kind of thing might not appeal to everybody, but it definitely appeals to me in terms of getting closer to my own identity and paying attention to what aligns with me and what makes me feel really good. Those kinds of decisions in advance often feel really good. And I would say for the most part, I'm a person who really craves variety. I crave a lot of different input from a lot of different stimulus. But 
knowing that this breakfast is going to be the same every single day, it's something that I don't mind and actually makes me really, really happy. Okay, the third thing that is helping me live my favorite life, although actually this third thing is probably not so much about my favorite life as it is about what's saving my life, <laughs> the Unruffled podcast with Janet Lansbury. So as I said before, have spent a lot of the month of September paying attention to my son Beckett, trying to match my parenting to his needs, and sometimes really feeling like a failure, really feeling like at times, if I can say, I really just did not like my four-year-old that much. And that was a really hard thing to kind of feel. And I felt like I was in the middle of it, even with my husband, Nick. So one of the things I returned to was something that has helped me in the past, which is the Unruffled podcast with Janet Lansbury. Janet Lansbury is someone who is considered sort of a preeminent voice in the context of what is called respectful parenting. And the tenet of respectful parenting is that your children are human beings and they deserve respect. And that by treating them respectfully, we can navigate some of their big emotions with more clarity. We can navigate some of their big emotions with more um, efficiency even and more compassion. So I'm by no means going to claim to be an expert on respectful parenting, but it does sort of resonate with me. And one of the hard parts of it is maintaining calm and taking care of yourself so you can maintain calm in the face of your children's tantrums or blowouts or big, big, big feelings being able to acknowledge when your kids are unhappy, and also being careful that when your kids aren't unhappy, that you're not also absorbing that unhappiness, because it it disconnects us in our relationships. If they get unhappy, and we get unhappy that they're unhappy, then it actually discounts their feelings. It makes their feelings about us. And their feelings are not about us. Their feelings are usually about whatever they're experiencing in the world. Although sometimes it certainly feels like Beckett has very big feelings because of me and because he can't control me and he, can, and I, he can't make me do what he wants me to do all the time. But I digress. So I was really feeling low. I was really feeling bad about these interactions with Beckett. And I noticed in myself this resistance to spend time with him in a way that was easeful, that was full of connection, in a way that was confident. I was really lacking confidence as a mother. That makes me feel super vulnerable to say here on my podcast. I don't know who's going to hear this, but I was. I was really feeling down about myself as a parent because it really felt like there was no way to appease him. And there was no way to get him to stop with his negativity to stop with this constant beratement of us for him having to go to school. There were some moments even when we had the school drop off and he threw his backpack and he was really yelling. And I was just baffled because I'd never seen my other kids behave like that in the school setting that I sort of felt like he would be able to keep it together at school, even if he was sort of unloading at home. But no, it seemed to be overspilling and overflowing even into the school setting. So I was, you know, mortified. What are people going to think about me? And again, making it about me, this experience of my son, you know, not being well behaved in public, or even, as I said before, when my friend Sarah came over with her kids, you know, he really kind of struggled with sharing and he struggled with sort of like being kind. And I felt like, wow, like, what a terrible reflection on me and my family and our, you know, ability to raise kind humans, you know, taking all of this a little bit too personally. So for the last week or so, I have been leaning into the Unruffled podcast with Janet Lansbury. And what I do is I log on and I scroll through to find the content that resonates and matches with my experience right now. 
And thankfully, Janet Lansbury has a ton of archival content. You could scroll back four years and find something that's very relevant to you today. And so I've just been going through and listening to things about kids having really big emotions, kids denying when they're upset, things about taking kids' behavior personally. And she has a very soothing voice. She doesn't pass a lot of judgment, but she's also very honest and very frank. And she uses a lot of we. We as parents, what we want is this, and they don't want that as kids. And it makes you feel like she's on your side because of this very purposeful decision of phrasing language. She'll say, what I hear from this mom or what I hear from this parent is a lot of this. And what I'm wondering is maybe when we experience this, what we do is that. But she doesn't say the mom is doing this and this is wrong. There's a real sort of almost lack of morality about it. It's very factual and that makes it easy to absorb and easy to apply to your own learning as a parent. One of the things that has really helped Beckett and I is just simply acknowledging him and how is how he's feeling and stepping away from whatever I'm doing, uh, not fast forwarding his emotions because usually he's having these big feelings. It feels like he's raging at me and it's interrupting something that I'm doing. Something like making dinner or writing an email or reading my book and he's just raging at me and I want him to stop raging so that I can go back to doing whatever I was doing before he got upset with me. And instead, what I've been doing is trying to set aside what I'm doing and get on his level and say, I hear you. I hear that you're really angry about this and I understand. I understand that you're angry and you really want the screens, and the screens are really fun, and, and you're angry with me that I'm saying no to screens right now. And I hear you. I understand. That's okay to be angry. And almost then just like letting him feel what he's feeling and offer him a hug when he seems ready. And usually then those big feelings pass. And sure, they come up again. They might come up again five minutes later, but usually they can pass through the connection together rather than me putting him off, putting him off, putting him off, and it feels like 40 minutes of a complete diatribe of him versus me. And at least we can kind of like close the loop on one of those, one of those, you know, meltdowns. I don't know. Meltdown is maybe too big of a word. One of those tantrums, I guess. And we do find the sort of like resolution in it with that approach. So if you are a parent of a four-year-old or you are a parent of a little kid, you know, I would say that like grade one and under age, definitely go ahead and check out Unruffled by Janet Lansbury. I will put a link in the show notes. Also really important reminders from Janet Lansbury that this school transition is huge. And usually when these behaviors persist on and on and on, and they're very hard to resolve, it's because of how kids navigate huge transitions. And that also allowed me to approach Beckett with more compassion because I was resentful that he wasn't behaving the same way that my other kids were behaving. And that wasn't fair. That wasn't fair to him. He doesn't have to behave the way the other kids do. He can he can have his own life experiences. And just as I say, you know, I'm building the place in the world that's made for me. I want Beckett to build the place in the world that's made for him, too. And that means me as his mom not expecting him to be a copy cutout of his brothers, which is A, never going to happen, and B, a really unhealthy expectation to set. So, oh, that is the third thing that is saving my life this fall, or perhaps helping me to embody my favorite life, which is as a grounded, calm parent sometimes. 
more so than I have felt like I have been in the last four weeks or so. Okay, if that one was a little bit more emotional, here's number four. Number four is super fun. And that has been to randomize low stakes decisions. I have had a really, really good time the last few weeks or so making some mini projects where I have something that I can't choose or I don't really want to choose or I want to make it more fun to choose, I guess. And so I have been randomizing these low stakes decisions. I might randomize what book am I going to read next? I might randomize what nail polish should I use? I might randomize what movie am I going to watch? What clothes should I wear? And this is just honestly brought a lot of fun when thinking about capsules or collections or wardrobe or just something that you have a lot of and deciding what to do or what to wear or how to be can often maybe make make it challenging or just kind of we end up falling into a rut. And randomization can often make us feel like our lives are more adventurous than they really are. And the stakes could not be lower because if I don't like the results of the randomization, then I could just pick a different book or a different nail polish or whatever it may be. So I've made a couple of fun reels of the results of this randomization, but I find myself doing it in a lot of different other areas of my life. When I was talking about October in episode 84, I had mentioned that I really have not been watching a lot of movies. And that sort of like gave me this pang as I was recording the episode. It was sort of like, oh, I wish I was watching more movies. And like the solution to wanting to watch more movies is to just watch more movies. Um, but of course, I like turned that into randomization. And I had some fun with chat GPT. And I did a couple of like searches on the internet to find some really beloved, you know, underrated fall movies. And so I've got this list now of movies from A to Z, uh, fall movies from A to Z <laughs> that I'm going to randomize and, and watch some of them. And I don't know, like, this is just this kind of thing. You can hear it in my voice. Like, my favorite life involves this playful attitude towards picking things. This playful attitude towards having things, how do I stumble upon things in my life? How do I pick from my huge nail polish collection? How do I pick from my big lipstick collection? What shoes should I wear today? You know, just like randomizing all of these little things brings a lot of delight. And I'm not sure like what part of my personality is that all about, but it, it is my favorite right now. It is part of my, my favorite, one of my favorite parts of my life to have these small capsules of collections that can be randomized into low stakes decisions in terms of what I do next or what I pick or what I choose. Um, if you like this idea and you want something that's a little bit more straightforward, a little bit less of a DIY randomization, because it can be also a little bit time consuming, but it's a nice way to spend time that's off of my phone, to be quite frank. Um, I would highly recommend the Cladwell app. This is an app I've been using for years and years and years. It's basically the app version of the Clueless Closet. If you know anything about the Clueless Closet, um, that's a really fun cult classic vision of that movie. Anyway, the Cladwell app, you sort of input the clothes that you have and it will randomly generate outfits for you to wear. So that has been a really fun way to get back into randomization in a way that's not quite as uh, time consuming or effortful every time. Although I do really think that randomizing in a manual kind of way is still a really rewarding experience. It's like, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. It's not, it's not about what the randomization result is. It's about building the randomization matrix or the infrastructure to be able to randomize in the first place. 
But if you think that's not for you, but you do really like randomization, then um, consider trying out the Cladwell app. I think it has a seven-day free trial, although it is something that I have paid for an annual subscription, and I have not been disappointed. Although, I will say I kind of go through like fits and starts of using it, and that's okay. That's all right. I don't mind the expense to have the opportunity available to me when it feels like it fits with my life. And fall is always an opportunity where I have a lot of fall clothes that I really like. And I like having them in the Cladwell app and just sort of thinking about, yeah, how to kind of get, have a, have a fun time, you know, the night before dipping into the Cladwell app and seeing what it comes up with um, for the day, for the next day. All right. So that's the fourth thing. Uh, now we're going to talk about the fifth thing. Oh, that is really a hallmark of my favorite life. So I am living my favorite life right now because I have not one podcast, but two podcasts. The thing that makes that second podcast, Medium Lady Reads with my co-host Jillian O'Keefe, one of my favorite aspects of my fall life is that it is all about books. So if you are a longtime Medium Lady Talks listener, you will know that I have had book content as a hallmark of every single schedule up until this summer when I launched Medium Lady Reads with Jillian O'Keefe. The reason I launched Medium Lady Reads was in part, I actually thought I was going to launch a Patreon. And I thought, well, what kind of content can I offer people pretty regularly when it comes to Patreon? Because I wanted to make sure that was a value add for anybody who would sign up. And I thought about the idea of doing a book-centric podcast as part of the Patreon. And I connected with Jillian about being my co-host on that because I felt like it's nice to hear two people talk about books rather than one person talk about books. And most of the book podcasts I enjoy are uh, co-hosted. So I reached out to Jillian and we were sort of drafting out what we were, what we thought we might do. And then we realized that what we were building was something that we wanted everyone to be able to access. And so Medium Lady Reads was born. And now we are nine episodes in. We just finished recording our ninth episode after, just right before I recorded this. It is just my favorite. It is so wonderful to be able to come up with ideas for book episodes it is so wonderful to draft and script those episodes. It's so fun to go down the research rabbit hole for some of the episodes. It's wonderful to sit down and record with Jillian. I love editing it. I love promoting it. I don't want to say that I love it more than Medium Lady Talks, but it, it has a different sparkle in my eye because I think it is so accessible to me. I read five to ten books every month. I love books. I love talking about books. I love hearing Jillian talk about her books. And I think that this is another level of self-care in the podcast realm for me. Medium Lady Talks is, as you've heard in my new intro, it's really about finding the tools, the conversations, the prompts that help us all as an audience and as a collective community get closer to the place in the world that's made for us. And that can sometimes feel a little bit intense. It can sometimes feel like really soul-bearing content. And that's what exactly what I want it to be. I don't want it to be anything different than it is. However, it is sometimes nice to just have an automatic go-to with the content for Medium Lady Reads. I find my brain is actively sort of like spinning. It could be the novelty bias of the newest podcast, but but I actually think that it's all manifesting into this broader sense of pride that I have that my life has come to a point where I have two podcasts. I am a podcast host and content creator 
of two podcasts and a community. And that is my favorite life. That is not my ideal life. That is not like a dream sometime in the future. That is the real thing that I get to do right now. And it just puts a huge smile on my face. And it is absolutely my favorite. We have done some great episodes Our episode going live October 16th will be all about spooky season reading. So if you are not yet following Medium Lady Reads, I really hope that you will go ahead and check us out. We are, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can find Medium Lady Reads as well. Um, And I will put a link in the show notes. But I hope this isn't seen too much as a plug, although I'm learning how to promote myself with less less shame and self-consciousness and being able to talk about the things in my life that I think are really great. So why I think you should listen to Medium Lady Reads is you will get really candid conversation about what it's like to have a really rich reading life. You will get really dynamic recommendations for books. This will be content that is not just about what's been published and what's hot. And you will get a lot of encouragement to use your public library. So if you are a person who's always been a bit curious about getting into your library or pivoting your book consumption to the library, this is going to be a really safe space for you to explore that and to get encouragement because Jillian and I are avid library lovers and we will absolutely encourage you to do that. So if you're a person who's library curious, who loves reading, who wants recommendations that span a bunch of different genres and a bunch of different publications, a bunch of different dates, then Medium Lady Reads is going to be the place for you. And I know that you're going to find the similar good feelings and good vibes that you find here at Medium Lady Talks over there with myself and with Jillian. So I really hope you will go check it out. And you will, if anything, get to experience more of me living my favorite life. Okay, so those are the five things. I do have a bonus thing. Before we dive into that bonus thing, I want you to just take a pause and reflect on the things that are helping you live your favorite life this fall. So this is not your best life. This is not ideal you. This is your favorite version of yourself. What is your favorite version of yourself and how is that manifesting this fall? So for me, it came down to my kitchen pantry reorganization being able to find more freedom and a sense of lightness in the kitchen after having purged a bunch of stuff. It is my copy-paste breakfast, which gives me an automatic way to get into mindful presence in the morning. It is the Unruffled podcast with Janet Lansbury that is helping me ground into being my favorite self when it comes to parenting and motherhood and connecting with my youngest child. I am having fun, just randomizing low stakes decisions like what book am I going to read? What movie am I going to watch? And allowing that to happen by chance, allowing those decisions to happen by chance. It's almost the opposite of the copy paste breakfast is not making the decision and letting the decision be up to chance. And then finally, the last thing that is helping me live my favorite life is the creative project of Medium Lady Reads my second podcast, and continuing to pursue the creative goals in my life that are most aligned with who I am, most aligned with my values, and really are encouraging me to continue to grow. So those are my five things, and I would love to know what your five things are. If you've made it this far through the episode, please go ahead, just pause and give me a DM in Instagram. You can find me at medium.lady. Uh, We also have an email. If you want to send me an email, if you prefer email, you can email me mediumladytalks at gmail.com. And I would love to get a a letter from you, get get an email letter from you. That would be great. 
Here is the final thing that is helping me live my favorite life this fall. In September, I challenged myself to go 30 days without hitting the snooze button, and that was a very successful challenge because I did not only master not hitting snooze for 30 days, but I have continued to not use the snooze button. And here's why this is helping me live my favorite life. It's not because I get up earlier. It's not because I am manifesting some kind of perfect girly morning routine. It's not because I have managed to achieve all my life goals before seven in the morning. It's because the sense of doom and dread that was coming from hitting the snooze button, snooze and snooze and snooze every morning, was really starting me in a mentally anxious place every day. And I didn't realize that until I quit the habit of using the snooze button. So now when my alarm goes off at 5.45 in the morning, I hit stop and I allow my body to wake up naturally until I get up and I get out of bed. Usually I get up and out of bed at 6.15, so that's a whole half an hour, but it's a more peaceful and more gentle and loving half an hour to myself than it was before when I would hit the snooze until 6.15 and then get up and walk the dog. And sometimes Beckett's awake and he comes in and he, you know, is already cuddling in bed with me after that alarm goes off. Sometimes he stays asleep and I don't disturb him as I get up to walk the dog. But it's so much nicer to my mental health. It's so much nicer to my psyche to not be hitting that snooze for that first half an hour. And the outcome is exactly the same. The outcome is that I still get up at the same time. It's not like I quit the snooze button and I managed to gain that half hour back and hop out of bed at 5.45 in the morning. It's that I didn't berate myself for this bad habit first thing in the morning of hitting the snooze button. So that is the last and final thing is I kind of quit this bad habit of using the snooze button but it didn't really change the outcome. And that is more my favorite self. My favorite self is someone who the alarm hits and I have this nice, slow, easygoing wake up. And listen, like as a mom of three kids, busy person, I am tired and I am okay with spending my mornings sleeping or spending my mornings having a gentle wake up rather than something that might be more perceived as a more successful, more optimized morning. That was something else from episode 83 where I talk about self-care personas is I identify with the achiever persona. And an achiever would say, oh, my self-care is getting up at 5.45 in the morning, drinking hot water with lemon, going for a power walk with the dog, coming home, doing a workout, and having a shower before 6.45 when everybody gets up. That's my self-care in the morning. That's like the achiever persona is the person who really drives themselves to perform self-care. And you know, there. I'm not knocking anybody who has that habit. Good for you if you do. And these are not things that are bad or morally wrong. But I do think that this is the kind of self-care that doesn't always make us feel better. It doesn't always leave us feeling good. It usually leaves us with a bar that we have to keep meeting every single day. So that is just for me. That is my own personal reflection on that. And the reason I'm living my favorite life this fall is because I have quit the snooze button, but I have also allowed myself that a peaceful half hour of waking up in bed. And that has really been just my favorite. It's my favorite life right now to turn off the alarm and to have a slow wake up. It's a really, really beautiful feeling in the mornings. Okay, that's my sixth thing. I am so grateful for your time and attention. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time with me. You are so wonderful and amazing. 
And you are really, really doing such, such a good job. I want you to feel that from me to you. I want you to accept that you are doing a good job. Right now, if you could just say, I'm doing a good job. I would love that. I would love that for you. And I hope that you feel it really in your heart. I love you so, so, so much. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Medium Lady Talks, created and produced by me, Erin Vandeven. If you want more of the general vibe, gratitude, and encouragement from this episode, please come and find me on Instagram at medium.lady. And since you've made it to the end, I'd love to get to know you even better. Screenshot this episode so you can share it on Instagram and be sure to tag me so that we can chat. Thanks for listening. Remember, you're doing such a good job. Your place in this world can only be filled by you. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.